wanted to have Mark's uh, text or call uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I probably wasn't surprised to get a call because I knew of his upcoming surgery uh, since we had uh, lunch a couple of weeks before that surgery. And uh, we tracked him and prayed for him and uh, also alerted colleagues at African Bible College uh, to pray for Mark and, and they were delighted to do so. So we are uh, focused with, on Pastor Mark and as I say I am delighted to be here. So I've got a passage of scripture I want to bring to you today. It's a very good one and it will be full of grace and I I'm confident it will, pre, uh, it will feed your soul and give you a wonderful blessing and send you on your way rejoicing. It is a passage of scripture from 2 Samuel 9. 2 Samuel 9. Hear God's word. And David said, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king asked him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He's in the house of Machir, son of Amiel, at Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of David, Amiel, at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear. For I will show you the kindness, I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for such a dead dog as I? Then King then the king called Ziba and Saul's servant and said to him, All that belong to Saul and, all, and to all his house I have given your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. 
And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, and he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. Amen. Let's turn to our hymn of commitment. Lead on, O King Eternal. It would help. (laughs) This is very advanced technology here. I'm not used to this kind of stuff. I rejoice in it. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, we look to you and give thanks for this blessed day. Uh, We rejoice to come in this wonderful, chilly, beautiful Lord's Day to make your praise glorious. Draw near to us, we pray. Send a message for each one here and each one who may be listening or watching We thank you for the opportunity to share this blessed word of God, the true bread of life and the true water of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is it that we don't always recognize what it is that we have as the people of God and as citizens of this wonderful country? It may take some shaking, it may take uh, a time of illness, uh, or maybe travel some in other parts of the world. And that's certainly been my experience. I've always appreciated the freedom that we have in our land and have rejoiced in it, but not like uh, when I traveled to Uganda. There is a whole different world in the third world, as we call it, in such countries as Uganda and many other African countries, and no doubt uh, South American countries. And I rejoice every time I return to see all the blessings that we have here that are not present in other parts of the world. And in a spiritual way, the same is true. We have so many blessings here that feed our souls, that give us new life, that give us nourishment. And it's a wonderful blessing. Now, when I think of uh, the opportunity here today and think of the colleagues that I have back in Uganda uh, who really aren't able now to 
teach classes in a person-to-person kind of way, uh, I feel that we are so blessed here, and they are missing a lot of blessings. And as I said, they re- uh, were glad to know about Pastor Mark's situation. And as a servant of the Lord that has enjoyed your wonderful support uh, over the last six, seven, eight years, uh, I can thank the Lord for your support and know that I have been blessed by your prayers for Uganda and the ministry at African Bible College and for my service there. So I rejoice. And as we look at King David, uh, we also are looking at a man who foreshadowed the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, my topic today is David and Christ. And I put it that way because David was the foreshadowing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He became king. But remember, he wasn't always the heir to the throne uh, in terms of fact and actuality. It was a hard, long time coming, and it was a hard road for him. After all, he was the last pick of the prophet Samuel who came to the house of David's father, Jesse, to find the anointed king. And as he looked over the bunch, he found many worthy candidates, men who looked like they could be king. And on each one of them, as Samuel looked and prayed and talked to the Lord, the Lord told him, not this one, not this one. And finally, Samuel said, well, do you have any more sons? And that's when Jesse Jesse called his son David, a small, uh, reddish, probably thin uh, young man, to stand before Samuel. And the Lord said, this is the one. But that wasn't the end of it. Uh, When David began to mature, he had to serve the throne of King Saul, who was ahead of him, and who after a period of time didn't like him, and after a period of time suspected him of ill motives toward uh, King Saul. And so there was a great time when David fled for his life before King Saul. And David embarrassed him a couple of times, Uh, showing that King Saul's motives were all wrong and that David was really innocent and could have killed, assassinated King Saul a couple of times, but he didn't do it. So eventually David was honored to be the king. And as we take up this passage of Scripture here today, The context is a wonderful one. David had slain the great foe, Goliath, with his sling and 
was honored uh, in many ways because of that. But here now, we see David enjoying wonderful victories. The passage before this one mentions several of David's victories. And here now, David is sitting on his throne, comfortably enjoying a royal life. Sadly, two chapters later, David sees a young woman taking a bath. But before that now, we have this passage of Scripture in his showing mercy and kindness to Mephibosheth. And as we look at it, we need to understand what went on in this passage. Here David is enjoying the luxury of a royal life, to be sure. But maybe he's thinking about his best friend Jonathan and the pledge that he made to Jonathan one day to take care of Jonathan's children, his sons, and somehow to be a blessing to those sons. And that's why we have at the very end of this passage of Scripture, uh, David calling Ziba and said to him, All that belong to Saul and all and to all his house I have given your master's grandson. And he goes on to explain, And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for that house, shall not let that name of Saul die, uh, but to foster it and strengthen it and be a blessing to it. And he says, Till the land for him, and shall bring forth the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. How would you like to eat at the king's table for the rest of your life? Imagine the kind of fare that you would enjoy on a daily basis, like the king's son, David said. And that's what we want to look at today. David's treatment of Mephibosheth as simply a wonderful illustration of how King Jesus treats us. We always can eat at his table. Now we have this communion table here that represents all that we can enjoy under the household of Jesus Christ. The bread and the wine represents the spiritual blessings that we may have. The broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, his spilled blood on our behalf as the children of God. So that's what we want to think about here. The generous act of David toward Mephibosheth. Remember, he called Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was nowhere to be seen. So David, as he's enjoying the luxuries of the palace, says, Is there anyone left of the household of King Saul? And he really had also in mind Saul's son, Jonathan. 
who should have been king. But David was king instead. The Lord had called David to be king instead. And the answer was yes. There is a son, Mephibosheth, but he's lame. They were probably thinking David wants another great warrior to be in his army, probably to lead that army. But no, he's lame in both his feet due to a a mishap while he was an infant. So David says, call him. They explained to him that it was Saul's servant, Ziba, who knew where he was. So Ziba was called, and then Mephibosheth was at Lodabar. Now we don't know where that was or what that means particularly. The literal translation of that from the Hebrew is no word. It could translate something like uh, back in the bush or podunk. He's uh, pretty far out in the bush is w- the way I say it in Uganda. And so he had to be called and probably cleaned up and finally he was brought before David and he fell down, it says here, prostrate before the throne as David was speaking. He came and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. And then that's when David began to unfold this new life of blessing for Mephibosheth. He said, I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan and will restore to you all the land of Saul your father. And you shall eat at my table always. And then Mephibosheth answered with the appropriate response. What is your servant that I should receive such kindness and grace? He said that you should show regard for such a dead dog as I. Dead dog. Now I know we've all seen roadkill and we know what a mess that can be. But that's what we're talking about here. And we can also talk about it as we all are morally speaking. We are dead in trespasses and sins. We are dead dogs morally and spiritually before the Lord. Yet he shows us his kindness day by day. And that's simply an illustration here, David's treatment of Mephibosheth to the Lord's treatment of us as dead dogs spiritually. We can compare that. We're all Mephibosheths. We're abandoned, lame, and dead. And that's what we want to think about here as we compare this situation of David's dealings with Mephibosheth to the Lord's dealings with us as sinners. Think about how David uh, 
got to thinking about Mephibosheth. What drew his attention? Well, David's generous heart is the way it worked. It's the same as God's generous heart toward us. Because as we are told in Ephesians 1, we praise the Lord because He has chosen us before the foundation of the world that we should be His. Ephesians 1, Paul launches into a great doxology. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us to be the children of God. What a blessing we enjoy. What should have happened if David had followed the course of pagan kings in that day was to execute Mephibosheth out of fear for his own throne. That normally was the case in that day and time and as we can see from uh, even the Bible that's exactly what occurred. Uh, in the story in the books of the Chronicles and the Kings, how it was that when an ungodly pagan king would exercise his authority, it would be to execute his rivals. But not with King David. David showed kindness for the sake of Jonathan, his friend. And the Lord shows us kindness because of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. But then notice the call of the king. He had to find out through Ziba, Saul's servant, uh, that Mephibosheth even existed. And when he did, he called him immediately to show him the kindness of God. He called him. And that's simply the way the Lord deals with us. He calls us out of nowhere. When I think about my beginnings, uh, not one that was spiritual. I was not raised in uh, a Christian home, uh, an active Christian home. My mother had been uh, confirmed as a Roman Catholic when she was 12 or 13. I've got a picture of her in a little white outfit of that day that is very precious to me. Uh, but then we had a, a godly shepherd of a minister to be calling on us. My brothers, older than I, uh, were active in a sports group and we came to the attention of this church and this pastor and eventually, as we attended that church, the Lord began to call us. He began to work in our hearts. He began to speak to us through His Word. God's Holy Spirit took that Word and drove it deep into our hearts, into my heart, showing me the need for a new heart and a new life and the idea that I should be following this God all my days 
And the idea that this God was gracious and loving. He sent this Savior to die on the cross for us. And we may have his blessing and grace. It was amazing to me that God would be so good to sinners. But that's the way it is. And it's illuminated by a question that we have in our catechism. What is effectual calling? Effectual calling is a work of God's free grace. Whereby convincing us of our sin and misery. And renewing our wills, enlightening our minds and the knowledge of Christ. He persuades and enables us to embrace Christ freely offered in the gospel. That's what effectual calling is. Those wonderful movements of the Holy Spirit to convince us and enable us to see that God has provided that Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the most wonderful Savior that we could ever imagine. He was high and lifted up. And when we look at Him, we see that He is the Blessed One. He is our atonement for salvation. And so it is that King David called Jonathan, excuse me, Mephibosheth, to his court that day. But then in the third place, King Jesus begins to transform us, to lead us and bless us. He moves us from being dead dogs to sons. As uh, David explained, he said, I will restore to you the, all the land Saul your father had and you shall always eat at my table. And as he explained, you will always eat at my table like one of the king's sons, it tells us here in verse 11. Like one of the king's sons, just sitting there, you were expected. Where's Mephibosheth? He'll be along in a minute. And on and on it goes. God showing us his kindness, transforming us, adopting us. There's another good illustration and explanation in our catechism. What is adoption? It is an act of God's free grace whereby we are received into the number and have a right to all the privileges of the sons of God. We're received into that number. I know we've all had opportunities to eat at someone else's table. Uh, maybe a relative, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, just a neighbor or friend. We go to that table. We're sitting there with the children of the family. And we are enjoying all the benefits and blessings of those children. There it is. We have everything. We're eating with them. We converse with them. We are speaking to them. That's what Christian fellowship is all about in the church. We're bonded together as the people of God. We are all lifting up our voices in praise and adoration. We are enjoying the moment. 
That's why we uh, are feeling somewhat uh, bad about this quarantine because we can't gather with people as we once did and be able to greet and shake hands and give hugs and so on as the people of God. Those are the wonderful blessings that uh, we are not experiencing during this quarantine period. And some churches are not even having live uh, services. And you've come back now to have those live services. But some have still not yet uh, enjoyed that blessing. So that's what King Jesus does for us. We are children in his family. And we are enjoying that. It's because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. And the basis of that, of course, is the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. The basis of all of God's kindness to us has to do specifically and entirely with the atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ. What was that? Well, think about why it is that David called Mephibosheth. Because of Jonathan. Jonathan, his wonderful friend, for whom he would do anything as they grew up together, as they played, as they became young men, as they became warriors in the armies of King Saul and would have each other's back, as it's said in our day. They had each other's back. And so David called Mephibosheth and God calls us because in our place Jesus died, suffered the punishment, suffered all the insults and pain that we should have enjoyed, died the death that we deserve, lived the life that we should have lived, and he died the death that we all deserve. So that's what we think about in this passage of Scripture as David shows this remarkable, generous kindness to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, you will eat at my table always. Well, you know, that's exactly what's going to happen to us as a people of God. We're going to eat at a table always, spiritually speaking. What does the Bible tell us about what is in store for us in heaven. It tells us there's a great banquet. Jesus Christ will be at the head of the table. As Jesus ministered here on this earth, He said many will come uh, and sit down at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They will be called from all parts of the world. And we know that is the case, don't we? As you have heard many missionary stories in this church, you've been a church that has supported many different kinds of ministries across the years. We'll enjoy the royal blessings of King, Day, King Jesus when we enter that glory 
and enjoy so much of the blessings that will be ours. Of course, we have forgiveness of sins. We spend a little time today uh, confessing our sins and know that we are the blood-washed people of God. We've got the atoning blood splashed on our doorposts, and so the angel of death will pass over us and our children. We are very grateful for that. So this is our blessing, dear friends, as we think about the future. We have riches at Christ's table, eternal riches that will stand us in good stead. So as we think about David and Christ, our Heavenly Father has shown us so much blessing and grace. May we always be grateful as we think about our material blessings that are only tokens of the spiritual blessings that we enjoy. Let's be grateful every day. Let's bow. Lord, how we thank you for this opportunity to explore our blessings as the royal children of King David. And may we always be grateful. May we not take any of these things for granted. May we glorify your name and live out our lives as your faithful servants. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Payne, for that edifying message. Now we come to our time for our hymn of commitment and trust. Lead on, O oh,